and welcome to the Man Cave. I'm your host, Jake Reaney. And first off, I want to give a huge shout out to Purple Planet Music over on SoundCloud. The song you just heard is called Ecstasy by them. Uh, check them out after this podcast. They're a real good group. They got a lot of great music if you're ever looking for uh, royalty-free stuff. But anyways, as you may know, this is my first podcast ever, not only for the Man Cave, but it's also for me in general. i uh, give you a little bit of background. I'm a student at the University of Indianapolis. I double major in communication and sports management. Uh, this would be my third year on the radio. I've done numerous DJ shifts over at stations in Indianapolis, four of them. Uh, also, 5 o'clock news I've done, 5 o'clock sports cast. Um, and I've also been a part of two different morning shows. So... I have a little bit of a live talk background. Um, I also played a big role in sports for those morning shows. So that was my main concern. And so obviously that is my main concern as of right now. But I'm also a former athlete. I was a swimmer at the University of Indianapolis, but I'm retired now because of a back injury. Uh, The NCAA will say I'm a medical redshirt, but being so close to graduation anyway in retirement, um, I decided that now was the end. But anyways, I'm a huge fan of Purdue University, Chicago Cubs, Bears, Blackhawks, and the Indianapolis Pacers. Um, the first four, Purdue, Cubs, Bears, Blackhawks, being that I have strong family ties there, and then Indianapolis because I live in Indianapolis. But I also have this big thing for Kevin Durant. Uh, don't judge me because of his... Um, choices of moving teams but uh, just his swagger and his ability to score over at ever since he was at Texas and really even in high school I mean I've just been a huge fan of that so but anyways I will try and keep the show unbiased but I may bring in a lot of Midwest news mostly because my listening audience is from the Midwest so but definitely for big news and stuff I will bring in national stuff but The Man Cave, what this is going to consist of, um, it's going to obviously be covering the hottest topics in sports. But another thing I want to try out is a skit in each episode. And what this skit is, it's going to be like an SNL skit. It's going to be funny. Uh, It's going to crack some jokes, poke poke and prod at some people. But it's all in good fun. And, um, you know, because sometimes they're is going to be a legend that passes away, sadly, or a scandal that happens in a sport. And, you know, I'm going to have to talk about that because this is sports. This is a sports show, and that is news, and so I will provide that. So hopefully it will be pretty uplifting. It won't be as funny as the actual Saturday Night Live skits, but hopefully, you know, I can provide a few good chuckles. Um, If not for you, just myself then. But anyways, we're going to also have a weekly poll. Check out our Twitter at the Man Cave 17. That's at the Man Cave 17 on Twitter. Turn on the notifications for us. I mean, we don't tweet that often. Uh, what it's going to be is we'll let you know when the next podcast is out. And then also, whenever I release a podcast, I'm going to also be releasing a poll. Now, this poll is going to be up for seven days. Uh, please retweet it, vote on it, like it. The more interactions I get, the more votes we're going to get. And it's not going to be. 10 people, nine of them being accounts that I've made just for this. So please follow us at the Man Cave 17 on Twitter. Uh, turn on the notifications, retweet us, all that stuff. And then if you're listening, uh, if you're listening from SoundCloud, thanks for finding us. 
on iTunes, just type in The Man Cave if you prefer that. Uh, subscribe to our show. Listen every week. But if it's on the flip side and you found us on iTunes, welcome to The Man Cave. Uh, fi- you can find us on SoundCloud at The Man Cave just in case this ever goes down. For some reason, you know, I got backups just for you guys. Um, my goal is to try and get this show out once a week. Once school starts, though, knowing my being or I'm sorry, knowing that I'm a full-time student, I'm also going to be around the athletics team, uh, being at practice every day and such, and being the president of my university's athletics, so like president of all UND athletes, I'm going to be a pretty busy guy. And I mean, I do this for fun. I don't get paid to do this. Nobody tells me to do this. I do this because I want to. Um, But I will let you guys know, let's say if a week, like finals week, I'm probably not going to post, so I'll let you know like, hey, I'm going to be taking a week off because I got to study up for finals and get good grades. Um, but I'll come back at this date, whatever. And I'll let you guys know ahead of time, whether that's Twitter or the show before. Um, so as of right now, I think we're ready to actually start our news. Let's go into our first topic, the release of the NBA schedules. Just the other day, the NBA released all 30 schedules for all 30 teams in the National Basketball Association. And one of the biggest problems that they had in mind when making this is the resting of players during marquee games. Marquee being games on TV, sold out, highly anticipated, etc., etc. Now, per Jeff Stotts from ESPN, last year there were over 200 instances of players resting just to rest. Not being injured, but just resting. And they're really charging full steam on trying to avoid this because they've cut back on preseason games and they're also starting the regular season a week earlier than they did last year. Last year being October 25th they started. Now it is October 17th. Also, their back-to-back games are now in an NBA record low. It's 14.4 back-to-back games per team. Now, one back-to-back being two games in two days. But also which is the most alarming statistic that I find in these NBA schedules, is the dreaded four and five. Now, what that is, if you're not aware, is you've got four games in five days, usually consisting of both road and home games. There were 70 games of those, or 70 instances, I'm sorry, of those last year. Now, absolutely zero. Nada. Zip. It's it's insane to me. But now there are 22 marquee-protected games which is the no back-to-back, four and five, uh, teams traveling 35,000 miles in a week, et cetera, et cetera. And they're giving more of these days off, so then big players don't have to in the games. I mean, there's still no rule against resting players just to rest, but most executives around the league don't think it's going to change anytime soon just because, you know, it's different. It's going to take time to develop. And... As a fan, you know, I don't really like that. I want players to play in every game because if I can only go to one game per season, whether that's because of money or um, my schedule, I'm going to be mad if I go to a Cleveland versus Brooklyn game and I want to watch LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love, but they don't even travel with the team and my team gets beat. Like, half of the reason you buy those tickets is to watch those big star players play big star games. And so... But as a former athlete, I know that when your body really needs rest, you really got to put it to rest. I mean, there were times where my back just hurt like crazy. And, you know, I 
powered through it as much as I could, but sometimes, you know, enough is enough. Nobody knows your body better than you, your coaches, your athletic training staff. So you just got to go with that. And so I will understand if a big three rests for one game after they've clinched the playoffs. But as a fan, I totally get it too. Now going into big stretches and big games coming up this season, I'm definitely not going to talk about Kyrie Irving going back to Cleveland if he gets traded to New York. I mean, that hasn't happened yet. We'll get to that when it gets there. Let's just put that away in the box for now. But Golden State Warriors, the first 8 out of 10 games for them are on the road. Now, yes, that already sounds hard, but two of those games are in Houston. Okay, that adds another degree of difficulty. But then in that stretch, they have three games in four nights. One game at Milwaukee versus the Bucks, another game in Toronto versus the Raptors, and another game in Cleveland versus the Cavaliers. That sounds really freaking hard. I mean, the easiest team, easiest in quotations because no NBA team is easy to beat, um, is the Milwaukee Bucks. And I mean, they were a playoff team in the East last year. I know towards the bottom it didn't take much, but still a playoff team with good players. And you just got to think, how are they going to fare against that? Are they going to come out of the gate strong, awesome, beating everybody? Or are they going to come out struggling a little bit and fall behind into the regular season? Another big game coming up, Paul George returning to Indiana on December 13th. Now, Pacers fans, you and I, you are highly anticipating that game. And sadly, if that wasn't during my finals week, I would have already bought my tickets for the game. And I mean, Pacers fans, I will admit, we will have a long, dreaded season. But this is going to be a game where we get to scream, we get to shout. I mean, if you're not aware of the Paul George fiasco that happened, let me recount it for you real quick. Paul George has one year left in a contract, and when he was with the Pacers, he word got out that he wanted to leave L.A., or leave for L.A., I'm sorry, and I totally understand that. That's your hometown. But he did it in a manner to make him not marketable to any other team. So we didn't get a trade value good enough for him. So we basically got screwed and we let go of our superstar player. I'm going to want him to do really bad in that game. I usually don't wish bad on people. But the way he handled that was definitely just not great. Um, I'm going to be highly watching the game on TV. I'll probably talk about it in a podcast uh, after that happens. But... The boos are going to be horrific in that game, I will say. But on the flip side, Gordon Hayward goes back to Utah on December 15th, two days later. If you're not aware, Gordon Hayward spent seven years with the Utah Jazz, but then as a free agent went over to Boston Celtics with his old coach, um, Brad Stevens. And, you know, I think of this different as the Paul George instance, not only because Gordon Hayward was a free agent, he had the right to do whatever he wanted, and but... The Utah Jazz weren't doing much in his favor. I mean, they they did get Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert, which Favors is all right, and then Gobert is a pretty good rim protector. But Trey Burke is gone, the former college uh, player of the year that they spent a first-round draft pick on, and then Dante Exum is subpar to me. He's a bust. Um, a first-round pick, I believe top five out of Australia, he left on good terms, though, thankfully, went to go, uh, go into his former coach, which as an athlete, I totally get that. Um, there was an instance when I was a kid that one of my favorite coaches growing up uh, went to a bigger city. And so a lot of us 
athletes kind of joked around like, hey, let's go move to that city and swim with coach. But I mean, I think if we all were adults and had that opportunity, we probably would have done it. But another game, the final one that I think is pretty big, Chris Paul going back to L.A. on January 15th. Now, Chris Paul, he is a kid. He's a guy that you want to model your kids after. I mean, he's he's the face of a franchise. He's a terrific player. He's a gentleman. I'm pretty sure he's the president of the um, National Players Association for the NBA. Um, and now he's in Houston. He did a sign and trade over there. The old big three, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, they were just there for so long, and Los Angeles didn't do much besides bring in Doc Rivers. It just didn't work out. I mean, you get you do something so much, and if it's broke, you know, you got to fix it. So you got to start fresh, do something new, and Chris Paul's in a new field on a new court in Houston, and he's going to do great things with James Harden. But I'll be looking forward to this game. Because I kind of want to see a Chris Paul cross on DeAndre Jordan. I think that looked good. Or a Blake Griffin posterize on CP3. I mean, it's going to be a fun game. There won't be boos like there will be in Indianapolis. But it's just something that you want to see. Now that we're done with that, we're going to go to our poll of the week. As I said before, each week with a new episode, I'm also going to be posting a new poll. Each of these polls is going to be about seven days long. You can vote on our Twitter at TheManCave17. Turn on our notifications so you know when these polls happen and you can vote. And then make sure you're retweeting this poll and liking it for your friends. I say this because the more interactions that we get on these polls the more votes we're going to do. I don't want it to be 10 votes on this poll after seven days because that's like one vote a day and that's terrible. My goal is over 100. I had a morning show with three listeners and we got over 150 votes on one poll. So if I don't get over 100 on this poll, I'm going to be kind of mad at you guys and I'm going to need more listeners. But anyways, here's the poll. Hope you like it. How much longer will Tom Brady play in the NFL? Currently, he's 40 years old. I know you hear Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman talk about this. You hear all the guys on ESPN, NBC, CBS, sports. But I am fascinated by this because, honestly, I have no idea. He is the greatest quarterback of all time with the greatest coach of all time with Bill Belichick. I mean, name a better duo. I will wait. Actually, I won't wait. I got to continue the show. But that offense this year is going to be terrific. And I really want to know how long is he going to play? Your options are this is his final season. He's got two seasons left. He's got three or more seasons. Or he's going to retire when Bill Belichick does. Bill Belichick is approaching 70 years old. So, you know, he's also in that range of retiring soon. So who knows when this is going to happen? I want to know your guys' input. Make sure to retweet it, like it. Also, follow us at the Man Cave 17. Turn on the notifications. I looked up some cool statistics. I mean, obviously, this is his 18th season going into the NFL, but the oldest QB ever to play in the NFL is 48. If you thought George Blanda, then you're the winner. You get bragging rights and air five from me right now. He retired in 1975. I mean, honestly, I could see Tom Brady trying to break this record. I mean, the pace he's at, he's doing great for 40 years old, so why not? Anyways, I think that is all for the poll. Make sure, again, follow us at the Man Cave 17 Turn on the notifications, retweet, like our poll. How much longer will Tom Brady play? We're going to move into our next topic, the MLB playoff picture.
Only about a month and a half left until the playoffs start. We've got a lot of exciting races around the league still up for grabs. I'm going to tell you about all of them, plus the sleeper surprises. But first, we're going to jump into the AL East. Now, Boston's leading the way four and a half games ahead of the Yankees, as we expected. But what we didn't expect, the Yankees started off great at the beginning. But then a couple weeks before the All-Star break, they started to dip. A part of it was because of Starling Castro and a couple of their injuries caught up to them. But after the All-Star break, Aaron Judge hasn't hit over 200. That's part of the reason the Yankees have struggled, considering this guy's been cranking out home runs almost every at-bat. But they're not as bad as the Blue Jays. They've really laid an egg this season, pun intended. Right now, they're currently last in the division, 57-61. And in the preseason, we all had them at second place in a wild-card spot. In offense, they have no category in the top 20 of the league, and in batting average, they're 27th. That offense is horrible. I don't know how they've won 57 games, because the point of the game is you score more runs than the opponent. Anyways, on defense, they're a little bit better, not really that much better. They only have one top 15 statistic on defense, opposing batting average, but it's 15th, so you're not really doing that well against the rest of the league. Moving into the AL Central, no real big surprises here. Cleveland up on top, five games ahead of both the Twins and the Royals. Cleveland being in the World Series last year, putting up seven games against the Cubs. Really a great series if you got to watch that. But the winner of the Twins-Royals, I think, is going to take that second spot in the AL wildcard, and it's probably going to be against the Yankees. I really want to see the Twins in that because the Twins haven't really been great the last couple years and they're not a playoff team like the Royals have been so I want to see how they fare against big teams now we're gonna jump into the AL West and if you need an inspiring story for a movie try the Houston Astros right now they're 72 and 46 which is second in Major League Baseball it's 11 and a half games ahead of the Angels and you know what the last 10 games the Astros have been three and seven that means they were like 13 13 and a half games ahead of the Angels before I made this podcast. And one of the huge reasons that they're ahead, Marwin Gonzalez. He's been with the team since 2012, and before this year, you know, he's hitting about 250, you know, a good, decent starter for the Astros. But right now, he's on fire, batting 316 career highs and home runs, RBIs, walks. I mean, they have a lot of good key players on that team, but I think that Marwin Gonzalez has turned this team from a good team to a playoff ready team. Moving into the National League with the National League East, just as everyone expected, the Washington Nationals are ahead in that division, 13 and a half games ahead of Miami. Now, Strasburg did well in his recent minor league start. Again, he's injured, just like always it seems like. He threw five strikeouts and 64 pitches. Hope to see him back in the rotation at the end of the season, ready for the playoffs. But the loss of Bryce Harper, the knee injury for possibly the rest of the season, really kills their playoff hopes. They need to win their division because if they don't and they have to go to that wild card game, I don't know if they'll be able to win it. Word says that if they win the division and they don't have to play in the wild card, Bryce Harper could be back by then, but I wouldn't rush it if I were them. Bryce Harper is a phenomenal player. But speaking of the Marlins, how about Stanton? Even though the Marlins are 57 and 60, they're second place with Stanton's 43 home runs. And by the way, the 43 home runs, it's a new Marlins record with seven weeks left still in the season. So congrats to him. Congrats to the Marlins. 
Uh, the NL Central, probably the most exciting division and also disappointing division at the same time. The Cubs lead the way 62-55, but look at this. The Cardinals are one and a half games back, the Brewers are two and a half games back, and the Pirates are four and a half games back. This is an actual race to the finish. The Cubs not doing as good as they were last year. Their seven out of 12 games so far in August are losses. Losses seven out of 12 in August. If you're trying to win the division, let me tell you, that's not the way to do it. They also just lost Wilson Contreras for about four to six weeks. Hopefully he gets back an electrifying player. One of my favorites on that Cubs roster. But another reason, Addison Russell is still on the DL. Hopefully we get him back soon. We really need it because the Redbirds are the other team that's going to win that division. They're 8-2 and two in the last 10 games. If they can sweep the two road games against Boston and win three out of the four games they have against Pitt, I will put money, well, I won't put money because the NCAA won't allow me, but I will put my verbal bet that the Cardinals will win that division. Winner of that division, though, is going to be the only person in the playoffs. There's going to be no NL wildcard winner. And the most powerful division in baseball, I think, is the NL West. Both of the NL wildcard spots at 66 and 52 in this division. One of the teams is the Colorado Rockies. They've scored more runs this year than the Dodgers, but the Rockies' run differential is only plus 45, and they're in a hitter's park. That means they're giving up a lot of runs, but they're scoring a lot too. Nolan Arenado batting 311, 26 home runs, 100 RBIs already. And Blackman's 335 batting average, 27 home runs, are really key for this team to get that first wild card spot. The other team, Arizona Diamondbacks, they're 39 and 22 at home so far this year, which is actually pretty good. Their pitching has been awesome, second in the majors in ERA 3.56. They're also fifth in WHIP 1.26. Their offense is also doing pretty good, sixth in home runs, seventh in slugging percentage. Probably one of the best all-around teams in Major League Baseball. But if you're going to talk about all-around teams, you're going to talk about the L.A. Dodgers with a record. Not, I'm sorry, not a record best. They have the best record in baseball, but they're not a record best. 83-34. and 34. The single-season win record, though, is 116. And, you know, truthfully, I think they could get that. But who do you give credit to if that's where it is? Their on-base percentage is second in the league, 342. Slugging is third at 455. And then their runs are fifth at 596. Cody Bellinger is just on his way to the National League Rookie of the Year. He's batting 274, 34 home runs, 79 RBIs. Justin Turner, though, 346 batting average, on-base percentage of 436, and a slugging percentage of 573. That's just outstanding. You've got a lot of great players on that team hitting the ball well, but they're also probably one of the best pitching teams in baseball. Kershaw, he's having another great year, 15 wins, 2.04 ERA, 168 strikeouts, but he's still on the DL. So if they can get him back by the time the playoffs start, holy cow, because they've also added Yu Darvish. He's just brought absolutely insanity to this bullpen. In his two starts, he's 2-0, 12 innings pitched, two earned runs, 20 strikeouts, and only three walks for the best pitching team in baseball. They're first in ERA, 3.12, first in whip, 1.12, and first also in opposing batting average, 223. That is outstanding. 
Maybe when the season's over, I'll talk about how the Dodgers are the Golden State Warriors of baseball. But, you know, hopefully when that gets there, we'll talk about that. But anyways, now we're going on into the skit. Remember, it's supposed to be funny because we have those sad, soppy, scandalous stories sometimes. And I'm here to lighten the mood, you know, provide some chuckles for you and hopefully myself also. But if you like it or you don't like it, please let me know on Twitter at TheManCave17 or you could drop me a text if you have my cell phone number. But I'm not sure if I want to do a skit in every episode just because this is a whole new area that I'm going into. I might just ditch this the next episode and make a whole new segment depending on how this goes. So please enjoy it. This is the first skit, Fantasy Football. Hey, Jerry, you getting ready for a fantasy football draft? Oh, you bet. I've been studying the uh, past 13 or so days on mock drafts, sleeper picks, and schedules to see what I'm going to do. It's uh, pretty exciting, truthfully. Wish I uh, did it last year. Yeah, last year got pretty insane. Too bad Randy isn't doing it again. Well, why'd he quit? Is that too time-consuming? <sighs> no, he got last, so we took him to the paintball range. Was he that bad at hitting targets, I guess? Oh, Jerry, he was the target. The loser in our league dresses up in a lion costume and gets hunted by everybody else. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. Oh, my. Sounds like a uh, blast for uh, some people. Don't worry, Jerry. You studied up for weeks. Ain't no way you're going to lose. Oh, sugar plums. I haven't done a thing for my team yet. It's too late to back out, though. Where do I start? What's my team name? Oh, I'll just Google good ones. Uh... Hide and Zeke? No. Fat Morte? Oh, poor Morte. I, I'm sure it's just some medical issue or something. My ball, Zach Ertz? Hmm. Hey, Stuart. Zach Ertz is a good guy, right? Not talking about fantasy. Yeah, he's the leader in the Eagles locker room. Great dude, but he's not on top of my board. Not super consistent. Thanks. I mean, I guess he likes football, so... My. Ball. Zach. Ertz. Sweet. Okay, now moving on. What's what's next? Uh, the draft board, so... It looks like who I want on my team. Oh! I remember hearing some uh, co-workers talk about how our city's kicker won a game last year. Or something. I think it was last second. Kickers must be super clutch or something. I wonder who the best are. Uh. This guy from New England looks pretty good. Stefan Goshkowski? Gostowski? Oh, I bet Stuart knows. Hey, Stuart, how do you pronounce the kicker's name at New England? Gostowski. Gostowski. That guy's a real steal. Been great for the Pats for years. Thanks again. 
gonna steal? I need to draft him first. Thing, if I get him first, that'll be a big step to avoid being the hunted. Oh, oh, a cornerback. Those guys touch the ball every time. Oh, looks good over there. Oh, this article says Ryan Tannehill will absolutely be ready for 2018. Huh. Written by a guy from NBC? Well, I know NBC hosts the Olympics, and the Super Bowl was in 2017, so I guess 2018 is when the season starts. Well, I bet nobody wants to pick him. I bet I'll, I'm going to go for it. Ready to rock and roll tonight? Remember, the draft is at 8 p.m. I'm as ready as ever. I got a whole group of studs waiting to be picked. Nobody will see my team coming. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you all liked it. Remember to let me know at the Man Cave 17 on Twitter. I did a one-man show. All those noises, voices are just me, but I almost made my nose bleed while trying to make Jerry's voice. It was so much pressure on my nose. Like, you guys have no idea. But going into our third topic now, college football rankings. Preseason rankings just came out not too long ago. I'll recite the top 25 for you right here. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. Three, Florida State. Four, USC. Five, Clemson. Six, Penn State. Seven, Washington. Eight, Oklahoma. Nine, Michigan. Ten, Wisconsin. Eleven, Oklahoma State. Twelve, LSU. Thirteen, Auburn. Fourteen, Stanford. Fifteen, Georgia. Sixteen, Florida. Seventeen, Louisville. Eighteen, Miami. Nineteen, Kansas State. Twenty, West Virginia. 21, South Florida, 22, Virginia Tech, 23, Texas, 24, Tennessee, 25, Utah. Now, if you look at it first thing, the SEC leads the way in these rankings. They've got six teams, Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and Alabama obviously being the best team as they usually are. The Big Ten, though, they only have four teams in this top 25 ranking, but they're all in the top 10. Ohio State at 2, Penn State at 6, Michigan at 9, Wisconsin at 10. The ACC has five teams, Florida State, Clemson, Louisville, Miami, Virginia Tech. The Pac-12 has four, USC, Washington, Stanford, Utah. And then the Big 12 also has five, those five being Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, West Virginia, and Texas. Now, if you did the math that fast, you would have counted 24 teams. Well, USF is in the American Athletic Conference. They're the only non-Power 5 team, so we'll look for them maybe to climb up during the rankings. Maybe another non-Power 5 team will sneak in there, hopefully. I really kind of liked last year how Western Michigan was in there. I thought it really shook up the rankings, but we're going to stick to the Big Ten Conference right now since most of you are fans from that conference, and we'll just dive into the meat and bones to it. Ohio State is the favorite to win the Big Ten Conference this year, despite Penn State's not only fantastic season last year, but also returning a bunch of their key players in both offense and defense. Ohio State looking to bounce back after that terrible 31-0 shutout versus Clemson in the college football semifinal game. Clemson, though, to give credit to Ohio State, Clemson did win the college football championship. So, but you still don't want to get shut out when you're in the top four. Urban Meyer has promised a better passing game, which would shut down almost every other Big Ten opponent for the title, considering their offense is great already. 
And then they do have a game at home versus Penn State, which is going to be one of the country's most anticipated games with Penn State being a great offense. On paper, they look fantastic. I'm going to love to see it. I want it to go against Ohio State's defense. It's going to be a high-flying scoring game. I'm looking forward to it. One thing if you're both Ohio State and Penn State, though, is you cannot forget about Wisconsin. With, again, a rugged defense and a lowly schedule and division, honestly, sorry, Purdue fans, we're probably not going to be good this year. Wisconsin is going to look to be fresh throughout the season and ready to win a title. I mean, they have probably the easiest schedule in the Big Ten. But another team that I really don't want you to sleep on is Northwestern. I mean, they're probably not going to win a Big Ten title, but they're going to be a lot better this year. They're going to put up a bowl game, and I think they could win one. And then also they could probably win a key game or two to help shake up the conference, whether that's Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, any of those top teams. And I mean, they've got a couple guys coming back that are preseason All-Americans. Goodwin Igwebuke, I hope I said that right. I'm sorry if I didn't. And Justin Jackson are two Northwestern athletes that could really dominate a game. All right, now we're coming on to the final couple segments of our show. And this one I call You Deserve It. What we're going to do here is every end of the episode, we're going to give a little love to sports moments that usually don't make the headlines and maybe not a lot of people talk about. So first, I want to congratulate Maria Sharapova on her U.S. Open wildcard bid. Later this month, the U.S. Open will go on tennis, if you don't know what I'm talking about already. Maria is the 148th ranked player, and she got invited to the final major of the season. The U.S. Tennis Association wrote that, quote, Her suspension under the terms of the tennis anti-doping program was completed. A wild card was provided to a past U.S. Open champion who needed the wild card for entry into the main draw. End quote. Now, usually the U.S. Open will invite a past winner if they aren't invited because of their ranking. And Maria won it in 2006, but she hasn't been to a Grand Slam for almost 18 months. I know anti-doping, it's bad, but, you know, put it past. People make mistakes. I hope she does well there. And I'm excited to see what how she ends up in the U.S. Open. Our second athlete for You Deserve It. Two years ago, the Toronto Maple Leafs traded Phil Kessel to the Pittsburgh Penguins. If you follow the NHL, you might remember the Toronto Sun newspaper wrote an article that fans in the team were, quote, sick of his act and, quote, tired of his lack of responsibility. Then after that, they started to describe his hot dog eating diet and how disgusting it was and made him a terrible player. But since that trade with Pittsburgh, Kessel has helped the Penguins to win two Stanley Cups, not one, but two. And now, the other day, he possibly put up a troll on his Instagram. The picture of Kessel's profile shows him off on a golf course green, eating hot dogs out of the Penguins' Stanley Cup trophy, and it's captioned, Hot dogs taste better out of the cup. Well, I don't know about you, but I've never tried hot dog in a Stanley Cup. I might have to go do that sometime. And finally, the Minnesota Lynx lead the WNBA with their league-high record 21-4, three games ahead of second-place LA Sparks. With the regular season ending in just about three weeks, Sylvia Fowles and her 20.5 points per game looks to bring the title to Minnesota, but they likely need to beat the defending champs along the way, the LA Sparks. Best of luck to both teams and all the other WNBA teams looking to make a playoff push. 
Just to give you a recap of our first episode on the Man Cave, the NBA schedule was released with big changes, including home reunions for many players and fewer back-to-back -back games for an NBA record. The MLB regular season is coming to a close and the playoff picture is coming together slowly. Whether that's the LA Dodgers breaking the record in single season wins or the wildcard spot winners in the AL. Finally, our big topics wrapped up with the college football rankings, the SEC leading the way, but the Big Ten making it look like an exciting year coming up. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at TheMancave17 and also turn on those notifications so you know when we give out our daily poll and retweet big news. Make sure to vote, retweet, like our new poll. How much longer will Tom Brady be in the NFL? You can find all the episodes on SoundCloud at the Man Cave, and also check us out soon on iTunes. Just type in the Man Cave and hit subscribe if you like the show. Special thanks to Purple Planet Music for the music on SoundCloud, Bitmoji for helping making my cover art look half decent, ESPN for the main source of stats, standings, etc., Josh, my brother, for the mic setup, and thank you for listening to The Man Cave. I'll see you next week. <laughs>